This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my awesome co-host, Brie Tucker. <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. How are you? I just sing it. I feel a lot of pressure. I feel a lot of pressure to like differentiate my introduction. Right? Like there really is. Like I, I even look at you for a moment just going like, what's she going to say? And then like what's I clam up because you know when you have that like performance anxiety, you're like, I have to think of something right now. And then like nothing comes to your mind and you're you just have to go back to an old standby, which is awesome. Right. Awesome. Amazing. All the A's. You ever All notice the that, A's. like how the A's seem to pop out a lot? Maybe because you just start at the beginning of the alphabet and you work your way down. Maybe. I don't even know. Maybe. I don't know. Well, today we are talking about the ways you're sabotaging discipline at home. This, okay, this is a tough love episode. A tough love episode of the No Gil Mom podcast. For a very special for a, love episode. A very special tough love episode. <laughs> because a lot of times, like, when we talk to parents, especially about our courses, like Homework 901, Homework Mastery, some of the things that come up are like, oh, they're not doing it this way. And I, I'm nagging and reminding them to, like, follow the course and do the course. And actually... That nagging and reminding is a huge sabotage. It is. It is. And what's even worse is that as parents, like we mean so well. Like there are so many times that I have given advice to my kids and they work in two different ways. So my youngest is the one who is very, um, we would call Audrey very headstrong. Yes. She likes to do things her own way. And so if she has a problem and I give her a suggestion, even even as simple as like she's upset and I'll be like, okay, let's work on some breathing techniques. She'll be like, no, no way. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. And it's a lot of it is just because if I give her advice, she digs in her heels because she is a person that lives through experience. Mm -hmm. She needs to experience it herself. And while I don't think that she means to completely discount me, she doesn't believe that I understand 
her situation and what she's going through. So, okay. So anytime I try to give her advice, it's going to immediately blow up in my face. Mm-hmm. Now, my son, my Robert, our oldest, I give him advice. He'll at least begrudgingly take my advice a lot of times, but he doesn't really try. Yeah. He'll like half-heartedly, yeah, he'll half-heartedly be like, eh, I did it. It didn't work. Yeah. And, and that's and shrug his shoulders and move on. Again, I think he just doesn't believe that I know what the heck I'm talking about. So it's anybody hard. else get that? Because like as parents, we were raised that way. Like we were basically told what to do as kids. And yes, you were like, because I said so. And respect authority. And you need to respect authority and listen to me and everything. And right. sometimes like we think that as parents, we're like, why aren't our kids listening to us? And why aren't our kids respecting us? But it's not that at all. Like they hold so much respect for you that it's just coming out in a different way. And we're seeing now a huge pushback in kids because we're not teaching them as a society to just blindly follow directions. We're teaching them to question and to problem solve. So these old ways of parenting, the ways that we were parented, they don't work as well as they did when we were kids. You know, that's a really good point that I hadn't really put those two things together. You're right. As a society, we are asking our children to problem solve, to question, to innovate. Mm -hmm. And yet as parents, we do tend to get frustrated when they question us. Yes. And try to innovate things that we feel like we know how to do best. And they're like, well, why can't we do it this way? Mm -hmm. We get frustrated by that because we feel like it's being disrespectful. But really, they're just doing exactly what we are asking them as parents to do and what society is asking them to do. Yeah. So it's interesting. I like that. Really how our culture is right now and how... It's an easy fix once we understand that. So this episode, we are going to dig into three ways that you might be sabotaging your discipline. And more importantly, we're going to give you some suggestions on how you can fix that so that you have just a happier relationship with your kids and you feel more at peace and calm. Uh, So we hope you enjoy this episode. This episode is brought to you by the Sibling Adventure Law. Guys, this is a free free activity for your kids to do together. If you are just like dreading summer coming because you have nothing planned and you've already gone through your list of activities, make sure you grab the Sibling Adventure Log. It has five missions for your kids to practice being kinder, more appreciative, and have fun together. And you can get it for free at noguiltmom.com backslash sibling dash adventure dash log. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Ways we're sabotaging our discipline. So way number one, we're assuming we know what the problem is. Ah, the age old assuming. Okay, my favorite statement about assuming. Yeah. When you assume, you make an ass out of you You and me. me. (laughs) 
<laughs> yep. It's true. But you know what? Before I started like reading into this more, I didn't even know I was assuming. I was thinking, oh my gosh, I know what the problem is here. It's because like you're not prioritizing your time or uh, you're too tired when you get up in the morning. And so home- get to doing homework then is impossible. Like I just thought I knew the answers. I wasn't right. even thinking I was assuming. It was coming from a good place. It was yeah. coming from a place of, oh, okay, I know more. So let me help you with my knowledge. Yeah. But that's not always how it really turns out, huh? No, it's so surprising because a lot of the times when kids have a problem, like we are so off base as to what the actual problem is. Oh, yeah. Especially as, you know what? I was going to say, especially as they get older, but I could think of plenty of times when my kids were younger, like toddler, preschool, even early early school age and I didn't know what the problem was but I can tell you now like having a tween yeah no I can I mm -mm, nope I never I I don't assuming it's the last thing I try to do anymore because Mm -hmm. it always blows up in my face yeah they get mad it's it's like that little like they're like you don't understand me (laughs) it's like a little science experiment volcano with a baking soda Mm -hmm. just like explodes all over me and I'm like well this is lovely just explodes because I think like one of the things that's really really hard to accept as a parent is that we don't know what the problem is all the time Right. But that is also kind of freeing because that means that if we don't know the problem, then there's something else out there that we just need to figure it out. And once we figure that out, we can work with our kid to solve it. So it's like there's hope there. I also see it as if I don't necessarily, what you just said, like if I don't necessarily know what the problem is right off the bat, Mm -hmm. then I'm also not responsible to know the solution right off the bat. Yeah. It gives me permission to have time to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So if they're assuming they know what the problem is, how can we fix that? How can we get ourselves to stop assuming? So we really have to figure out what the problem is. And I just finished, oh my gosh, if you guys have not picked up this book, it's called The Explosive Child by Dr. Ross Green. It's been around for a while and it's actually recommended in most parenting groups that I've been in on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Like this book, I see this title popping up everywhere. Well, and his name popped up in like so many podcasts we've had with so many guests in the past, which shout out when we talk about this, he's going to be on the podcast here coming in a few months. So yes, and I'm so excited for that because I mean, he has such a great process that it helps you drill down to figure out what your kid is actually thinking. Because a lot of the times we'll be like, hey, I noticed that you have, and this is a wording from the explosive child. I noticed that you're having difficulty doing your homework. What's up? And that's the question he says to ask. Just what's up? So that it's not assuming that you know the answer right away. It's Mm -hmm. not saying that like, oh, I noticed that you're really lazy after school. Well, and it's also not saying, I noticed you're in trouble with your homework. What's the problem? Yeah. Right? Because that's a loaded question mm-hmm. with the problem. Oh, that means that your child's at fault. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he gives some really great suggestions even by what types of questions. What's right? to ask? Because sometimes you'll ask that of kids. You'll be like, what's up? And oh my gosh, if your kid answers you, well, I'm having trouble with writing and getting the words down on the paper. I mean... You have an amazingly insightful kid. Amazingly insightful (laughs) child because they don't say that. They usually say stuff like nothing. Yeah, exactly. Or or I don't know. That's the main go-to answer in my household. I I don't know. know. Or it's boring. And I mean, what do you do with that? You don't have anything to go on there. Right. That's why he recommends drilling down, which is different 
then grilling them. Mm. <laughs> it's not like they're at a police station and you're like trying to answer. Drilling down is a process where you're trying to get to the actual problem so you can define it. So there's five questions, five strategies mm-hmm. to do this. The first one is reflective listening, which is when your kid is like, oh, all right, what's up? You're have like, I see you're having a difficulty doing your homework. What's up? And they say, I'm bored. Reflective listening would be like, oh, okay, I understand that you're bored during homework. What's right. boring during homework is your next question. You can ask in the next question. But reflective listening is basically just repeating back what they said so that they know that you heard them and you understand. And I think a big piece of reflective listening as well is showing empathy mm-hmm. and like not just going through the motions to go through the motions. It can't be, all right, so I hear that you're bored. I get that. I know. I know. I hear you're bored. You say like, that all the time. I that's, get it. That's yeah. not reflective. That's not reflective. No, no. that's going to make your kids shut down because they're being uh, disregarded, invalidated. They're not being heard, really. Exactly. And if you need to take a moment to not be frustrated, if you need to take a moment to find a place where it's quiet and it's free of distractions so that you can have this conversation, that will be so much worth its weight in gold. Mm -hmm. Finding that place where you can actually come to your child and be open and really listening to what's going on because you are a detective in this situation. Yep. And another like thing you can do is actually give your child a heads up that you're going to be talking about this because this is better done not in the heat of the moment. It's better done when the child isn't experiencing that problem right away. So you could be like, hey, I was wondering, could we talk this weekend about like the difficulty you're having doing homework? Right. And that gives your child some chance to think too about the difficulty homework. So maybe they'll be better prepared with like actual responses. Right, right. And letting them know that you're not trying to fix it. You're not trying to fix it. I'm not going to tell you what to do, especially if that's something that you've done in the past. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to try to fix it. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to try to help understand what's going on. Yeah, exactly. So like after reflective listening, if you're like, okay, I understand that you're bored. The next question you can ask or like you can put this in any order. So I don't want you to think that there's a specific order. These are just strategies to pull from. Uh, You can ask a who, what, when or where question. Okay. It could be like, what about homework is boring? Or when do you find homework boring? Or where do you find it the most boring? Yeah, That's kind of an odd way to put That's that. That's an odd but, way. You know, but still, it's a good point, like, because it could be something about situations and, and where you're at and environment. There's so many different things. Yep. So you can ask one of those questions, the who, what, when, or where question. Another strategy to drill down is you can ask why it occurs sometimes and not others. Ooh, that's a good one. So just specifically with homework, you could say, okay, so I noticed that when you have math problems, you do it really, really fast. But then when you have writing for homework, you have more difficulty. Like, why, why is the writing more difficult for you? Oh, that's a really, really good point. Because sometimes it is one piece of the equation and not the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. could expand that to any problem in your house, really. Like, say it's a chore. Like, with my kids, my son has no problem feeding the cat uh, or remembering to feed him. But, oh, he has a problem remembering to scoop that cat litter. <laughs> and I can make a whole bunch of assumptions for that, like why he has that problem. But it's more powerful if I actually ask him right there, like, oh, I noticed that, you know, you have no trouble feeding the cat. But then like the, you always like and I and it's really, really hard to phrase it first. So notice that when I'm phrasing it right now, I'm kind of thinking 
of my words because this is a really messy process and you're not going to get it right right away. No, it takes time. It takes practice. And there's a lot of times that it you've been, you can do it for a long period of time, many years, and still need to work at it. Mm-hmm. So and, know, know that you're not supposed to be perfect at this. Well, in hearing this, like in my head, I'm immediately going to the assuming. I'm yes. like, oh, I know what the problem is. It stinks. Yeah. That's why I don't want to do it. Yeah, but that might not be the problem that at all. That might not be it. Yeah. There might be another one. Oh, goodness. Hey, all It is Joanne. And Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. So you could also ask the child what they're thinking in the midst of the problem. Be like, when you're having difficulty doing your homework, what are you thinking? They're thinking I hate homework. (laughs) They might be. Yeah. And you could be like, so I understand that you're thinking you hate homework. What makes you hate homework? So I just asked what question. Ah, and then it might come back to the stupid spelling packet. Yeah. That we've talked about over time. Spelling packet. Curses to the spelling packet. Curses to anything with spelling. But it brings us down to the fifth strategy is breaking the problem down into parts. So seeing like maybe homework isn't the whole issue. Maybe it's just a specific subset of homework like spelling. Right. So you're drilling down into what part is the hardest and say it is the spelling packet. Well, what don't you like about the spelling packet? I have to write it five times. Right, exactly. I have to use it in a sentence with with three other spelling words. Yeah. So then once you drill down, you have a better understanding of what the actual problem is, which might be totally different than what you assumed it was. Exactly. Because again, friends, what does assuming do? Makes an (laughs) ass out of you and me. me. 
So, oh, lordy lord. Number I'm... two. Number two. The way you might be sabotaging discipline at home, you're searching for the right punishment. Oh, yes. Because we all believe that if we just found the right punishment, it would make the behavior stop. The right. Con- yeah. Because it's like we think, oh, my gosh, if I just take liberty Roblox, maybe it's Roblox. Maybe maybe he shouldn't be playing Roblox after school. I'll try that. If or I could just find the way that makes them suffer enough. Yeah, they'll stop doing whatever behavior it is I'm trying to stop. And does it work? Nope. No. <laughs> does it work for you? No. When someone takes something away from you, have you ever been able to effectively change your behavior or change the way that you did something because someone took something away that meant a, a lot to you? No, I just right? made me mad and sneaky. Yes, yes. It makes you angry a lot of times. And yes, it, then you're just like, okay, well, I'm going to find a way to do it without getting caught for sure. Exactly. So. It, it, you, <laughs> creative problem solving, encouraging creative problem solving in kids. But no. <laughs> I know, right? Not a parenting uh, tragedy I recommend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think you'll be very happy with the results of their of their thinking outside the box and being innovative. Because <laughs> the innovativeness is going to be how to get around you. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, but I mean, that's how we were raised. Right. We were raised with grounding. We were raised with like... Like no TV time if we didn't do stuff. That's mm-hmm. how we were raised. And we're not saying that there isn't a time and a place to limit screens or something like that. And, and I'm picking on the limiting screen time because mm-hmm. that's something that a lot of parents use as a strategy. I'm not saying that there isn't a time when you're being on your phone or playing video games is interfering with other things. But mm-hmm. taking it away as a punishment strategy to make a child feel bad and feel that loss isn't necessarily going to motivate them to want to do something in a different way. No, but I, I actually know the exact thing I would do if someone took away my screens. I would like find a way to sneak the screen to a part of the house or like if my parents... like. When I was 11, I mean, I was able to stay home by myself. There was nothing stopping me. Oh, I know, right? (laughs) Well, and I'm trying to think too, like I think that would also a lot of times perpetuate, like we just gave the example, it would perpetuate worse behavior. So Mm -hmm. let's say you're taking away screen time because your child is getting a bad grade at school. Mm Because again, that's where I hear it a lot, which... It, that's a normal thing. Okay. So then you take away screen time. So then your kid's going to try to become sneaky and figure out a way to get their screen time. A lot of them are going to wait till you go to bed, right? Yeah. And then try to do the screen time then. So now they have another behavior. They're losing sleep and they're going to be tired at school, which is going to make their grades even worse, probably, mm-hmm. right? Because they're trying to sneak in the screen time. So our main point is stop searching for that right punishment because it doesn't exist it doesn't exist but a lot of people may be listening and you you may be listening too and thinking well if i can't punish them then what do i do well we're going to help we're going to teach them how to solve the problem mm-hmm. right they, they need to gain skills to figure out how to solve the problem that's occurring and even before that you can go back to that not assuming step and really drill down to find what the problem is because yes. if they're having trouble in school and getting bad grades i don't think it's because they want to get bad grades I think it's because there's something else going on. Right. Because we all know that we love getting lectured by the people oh, yeah. <laughs> in our family. That's we like, all love having somebody tell us like, you just got to figure this out. No, we don't. No. Ew. It's like if I, I, if I could just figure it out, I would have figured it out already. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we know that we can't assume what the problem is. And we know that we have to, uh, we can't keep searching for the right punishment because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. What's the third thing that people are doing that's sabotaging? So number three is we think that we as parents know best, so we impose our solutions on our kids. Ah, the good old mother knows best, father knows best, or 
Because I said so. Because I said so, yeah. So this is when we figure out a problem, but then we give our solution to the problem and expect our kids to follow it. Ooh, yeah, that never really, that's again with that whole like uh, volcano exploding in my face. Yeah. used to happen a lot. So it's like if, say, teeth brushing, like, oh, I see that you're having difficulty brushing your teeth before bed. That's why like bedtime is going to start now at 745 so that you have time to brush your teeth. That's an example of a unilateral solution. Yeah, it makes sense in my head that, oh, you, since you can't get it done, we're going to start this even earlier so that we can take the process. Mm-hmm. That's not going to cause any resentment or anger from your child whatsoever, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people <laughs> do not like have other people's wills imposed upon them. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Yeah. It, I mean, me, like three points to me automatically. What's your motto? What's your motto? You can't boss me. <laughs> you can't tell me what to do, checklist. You can't tell me what to do. It's so funny. My daughter and her friends were like in her room one time and her friend Brooklyn made up this song was like, you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me what to do. And she was just, and that's always what I have in my head because it's true. It's true. And you know what, though? That's a great quality mm-hmm. to have that, that I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to forge my path. But it's so painful as parents sometimes for us to watch it because it we is. think if you would just listen to what I'm telling you to do, if you would just do what I'm telling you, it would get done quicker. It would be all done. Everything would be fine. We could move on. Yeah, we're trying to make it easy and not messy and seamless. But it's making it easy for us, not for our child. And if we really looked into it, it's really not making it easy for us because our kids push back so hard. Right. Then you just end up spending like half an hour fighting about brushing your teeth instead of like the five minutes of just letting them do it their way. Yeah. 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 It's it's rough. So the way around that is to invite your kid into the problem solving. And that's hard to do sometimes because kids will come into problem solving and they'll be like, I don't know what the answer is. Ooh, this is where um, our episode with Michelle Borba, when we talk about Thrivers, where she has her pocket problem solver. So for your younger kids, this would be great. Identifying what the problem is, Mm -hmm. having them give three solutions, no matter how crazy they are. Yeah. And then the pinky would be, what solution are you going to try? So like, it's a really great process there of just like, again, making sure that your child is involved in that solution. 
Yeah. You may not like what those solution options are. No, and sometimes like kids don't know where to start though in the solutions. Like they may have like some solutions like, oh, just don't tell me when to brush my teeth and we'll all be good. Or 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 one of the solutions might be, I don't have to brush my teeth. And then that's where you can point out the consequences, the natural consequences mm-hmm. that will occur from that. Yeah, you could say like, that's an idea. Let's hold that idea. But my concern is, and then you could like, yeah. Cavities. Pain. I don't want to pay. (laughs) And like all the money you spend on the dentist for cavities, that's not cheap. Yeah. That's not cheap. So inviting kids into the problem solving process instead of putting on our solutions. This, this is a hard habit to break. And it's a habit. It's a thing that we have to relearn and unlearn as parents. Right. So like when you first start learning about this, you'll notice all the things you do and you'll be like, you'll have to stop yourself mid-sentence and be like, I'm going to step back. <laughs> I do that all the time. Like I, my daughter was having trouble deciding something and I was giving her all my opinions and I realized what I was doing and I'm like, oh, I'm going to step back. I'm just going to let you handle this problem. <laughs> right. And sometimes I have to walk away yeah. to, get a, to get away from the situation. And I also have to make sure that I'm very clear with that with my daughter. My son doesn't seem to really pick up on this, but with my daughter, I have to say to her, like, I'm not mad at you. Mm -hmm. I just need to step away so that I stop trying to tell you what I think you should do. Mm -hmm. And she actually tends to respond pretty well to that. Oh, okay. Well, that's great, mom. You go over there. I'll figure it out myself. Okay, great. I think that's a great, like, if you have a tween in your house, try doing this one little thing. Go up to them and be like, you know what? I'm going to try not to nag you as much as I have been because that's not fun for any of us. And see what they say. Yes. Hopefully you'll get a really good response from mm-hmm. that. And they might even remind you when you're going into nagging mode. And that could be hard to take at first. I know. That's where, <clears throat> yeah. Like with mine, like I, ee, sometimes yeah. I get the attitude and the, gosh, mom. It, okay. I have to be like, can you just can you just watch your tone? Because it hurts my feelings when you speak to me in that way. Yes. And I think that's totally valid. Because a lot of this is like, you hear us say like nagging's, like not beneficial. But then the question is, well, then what do I do instead? Do I just let my kids walk all over me and do whatever I want? No, no, no. It's coming to a mutually agreeable solution, something that meets your kids' needs and something that meets your needs and concerns. And that's easier to come by than you think. It's not an impossible scenario. Right, right. So keep in mind these three self-sabotaging things that you might be doing at home when it comes to discipline and just think about them in the future and to see if you can avoid doing them. Yeah. And you know what? We like, it's not going to be perfect. It is going to be messy. Oh, yeah. I still mess up on these all the time. Me too. I I, like cut myself off in the middle of speaking and like do it about face and walk away because I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And there are plenty of times I find my safe person. I'll text you, Joey. Oh my gosh. I'll text Miguel. I'll be like, somebody help me out with this. I need, I need someone to help me just stop right now. Yeah, I mean, I had a situation this weekend where I was like, I was feeling so bad and I was trying to like stick to my guns with my kids and I was texting Brie. I'm like, Brie, I want to cry right now. <laughs> and this is going on. <laughs> and, like, and I'm like, I hear you. I hear you. And it all ended okay. It all ended up okay. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so we hope that uh, you got something out of our Tough Love episode of the No Guilt Mom podcast. Let us know what you think. Email us, hello at noguiltmom.com. Uh, we can't wait to uh, read it. Like, And when I say that, I'm saying, please email us. <laughs> <laughs> please email us. That's code, for, re- that's code for Brie and Joanne. Really want to hear from you. I know, right? Please, please leave us a review. Tell us your yeah. thoughts so that we can continue to grow. To Be grow. Like, 
I know, I, but we really, really, truly do love hearing from you guys. We, so no, please we, send us a line. We do, and the more we hear from you and the more feedback that we get, like the better we're able to make sure that the No Guilt Mom podcast is for you and meets your needs. Right. So email us, please. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, remember the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.